Win big in 2023 with rotoballer.com's MLB Premium Pass. It includes our preseason draft kit, 15 exclusive lineup tools, and the Team Sync platform. Get customized rankings for your specific league format. Sync your leagues with Team Sync and use our new live draft assistant. Then get customized advice for your scoring settings. Get a discount for any MLB Premium Pass using my code SAMSKI. Just visit rotoballer.com, sign up today, and start rotoballing like a boss. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Catcher's Corner. I'm your host, Eric Samolski, joined as always by my co-host, Sammy Ackley. Sammy, the last time we chatted, there had been zero spring training games. We've had a full week of spring training. Uh... We don't have to talk about the pitch clock, but just how do you feel having baseball back in your life? It's great, man. I'm not going to lie, though. I'm pretty invested in the Rangers right now, considering what they've been doing. So, like, you know, oh, I'm trying to I'm trying to get into the spring training thing, but hockey's in full swing. Listen, if you talk about the Rangers, I'm just going to talk to you about the Knicks the whole time uh, well, and, how you're, and how your garbage nets have just you, fallen you get, apart. You know how to end this podcast real quick, my man. Real quick. We can't end the podcast because we have we have royalty joining us. We have the the reigning, the new um, FSWA award winner for best baseball article, uh, Mr. Big John Stud, John Legaza. John, how are you doing? Oh, man, excellent now. Thank you. That was so nice of you. Although, come on, if anyone is wearing the crown, Eric, it's got to be you. I've told you this off air. It's really the truth. You are, like, quite literally the best among us. I mean, you're <laughs> You are very, very good. If anything, I'm just a testament that stupid people can, you know, can win when we try. Yeah, that's what I'm doing, John. I'm just riding coattails over here. <laughs> John's like, anytime I feel bad about myself, I just should invite John on a podcast and just have oh, say nice on. things You're about me. Oh, come on. You're the goat, Eric. It's, <laughs> come on. It speaks for itself. Come on. It does. I, I appreciate it. Um, I appreciate it. You know, you and I have had really good conversations um, in the past, and, you know, we. Uh, it's been actually like the last time that I had you on, Sammy was on, a you know, one of his many vacations that he was on last year so we haven't had a chance to do this as a as a trio um but we wanted to have you on john not only because um just your your breadth of knowledge but you've got some new stuff out this year that we're going to dive into so before we get to the actual like analysis just tell people what what you got going on this year where they can find your stuff and what this new product is that you're you're rolling out for everybody well, obviously, thank you so much. Let's just, just get through it quick. I hate it for it to be about me because the way I've always seen it is, Eric, and you're kind of the same way. People gravitate to our style. And if you want more of my style, you follow my work, and I think it's worth 10 bucks. Forgive the throat lozenge. I'm really like, sick. I shouldn't be working at all. But anyway, so I, I got approached by this company called Sharpener. They were looking to bring a new method of rankings to make it simple, easy to organize, and also have a place for player notes. So I said, okay, you know, let's give this a whirl. It's good. You know, I'm always deep drafting. I draft around the all around the calendar. So to be versed, let's say, in picks four, five, six hundred, it never hurts because then it can help you shape those 20th round picks. And then, you know, it works its way all the way up to the front. So what started out as a ranking project, you know me, Eric, like I just don't know how to do like I have to kind of overdo. Yeah. I also feel like I don't know what it is, man. I feel like my work is good, but I also <laughs> feel like this tremendous amount of guilt, like asking for money. John, so at the very least, let me tell you something. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I'm gonna step in. I didn't mean to cut you off because I rarely pay for, pay for anything, right? I'm a. I try to find all my stuff. You know, me too. 
Yeah, you know how it is. But I actually purchased the rankings from you, right? I, I, I said, you know what? I was like, 10 bucks. Let me see what this is about. He's coming on the show. Let me see what we got. Honestly, I think it's one of the best things that I've, I've seen in terms of the way um, the information is put together, the visual of it, just how easy it is to scroll through the different positional rankings uh, and the actual content within you know, the, the box there for each player, the player cards, you know, whatever you want to call it is detailed. Yeah, right? yeah. There's like, there's like stuff, there's stack yeah. cast data in there. There's legit, like, it's not just some dude spouting off. Oh, you should take a coup. Yeah. Well, let me tell you why you should, or why you should, whatever it is. It's great stuff. I, I really love the way it's organized. The well, way it's thank you. Presented. John doesn't do, John doesn't do half ass. Well, no. yeah, it's not only that Eric, you know, some of this is actually spawned because of conversations that like you and I have had. And mm -hmm. A lot of times I leave our conversations and go, wow, that was really, really good. And I almost like hope to remember it in a few weeks because again, you and I are analyzing players in the winter. Most normal human beings don't care about this stuff until St. Patrick's day. So what about all that good analysis that we did on February on Twitter? Right. As now, like, you know, people are coming over for football and newbies are getting involved, home league stuff, whatever. Yeah. yeah what's the deal? Oh, am this, I getting cut out? Am I getting cut out? You no, you look great. Right replace me? Is that, no, that what's no, happening? No. <laughs> Nobody's replacing you. You're so sensitive, Sammy. Nobody's replacing you. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Hold on. This is about me. Okay, this is about me. Me alone right now. All right, so so the, the idea being what started out as just a list, and like you said, that was kind of it. So it's geared around people that are just – we're also going to make it much simpler. We're going to have a naked copy to take to the draft room so, so you can not have to scroll past all the writing. But again, I didn't want it to be just – a over B, B over C, and that, and leave it at that. And I said, man, if I just take a little bit of time, I'm also very kind of regimented. So this is also what's going to be my piece de resistance, hopefully this year with the athletic. I, I have a very specific style of templating players because again, I can, you know, I'm kind of crazy. So like, I don't want to overreact to things. So I think the best way to do that is kind of create compartmentalized baskets. You know, I, I normally talk about pitchers and hitters in terms of mm -hmm. let's call it surface stats, discipline, elevation and then contact slash batted ball quality and even it sounds a little weird because you know i'm like stat 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 but we really want the numbers to mean something and then kind of sing to us right to kind of tell us that story and i think mm -hmm. if you're like let's use a pitcher for example we don't have a singular stat to describe a pitcher era sierra well sierra right. doesn't include strikeouts for fantasy so like it's really kind of flawed so yeah. Don't be singular. Build a simple tapestry. And you could say, well, it's a 2-8 Sierra. It's a 25% K minus walk. It's this ground ball, fly ball, and this barrel, let's say. And now you've reduced a player to just a small handful of stats that kind of really tell a bit of a story. So I wanted to give my best foot forward on as many players as I could. I made it to about 100 players right now. And I'm going to keep adding as we go. So I had about 35,000 words and 100 yeah. players. But quite literally, I've used this on my own. Not that, I guess I'm here touting my own work, but where let's it, say I wanted it. to, I wanted to look up how I felt about a player. I go, you could put his name right in the search tool. It comes up, and I kind of get my own best argument again. Some of this stuff I forget because you mentioned yeah, or a lot you... of it is detailed, granular, pulled data, and H movement and stuff like that. You're not going to remember all of it. So yeah, or you get sucked right. into you get sucked into some new thing you saw and you're like oh this you know this guy is is trending he had a, you know hit three home runs in spring training and then you know you get sucked into that as well because we're we're fans of the game yeah and then you go back to it and you're like oh right X Y Z was why I was like hesitant and that hasn't changed 
Yeah. And it literally reads when I read the 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 player cards, it really feels like you're having an argument with yourself. <laughs> oh man, you nailed it. That was which exactly is, what I wanted. Which is, because which is funny. I'm not I'm really not much of an asserter. Like I'm not here trying to tell you this is the person. I'm trying to say this is kind of what I got. Yeah. And if you have something better, like I'm open to that. No, but this is stuff. my right. This is my argument for or against. Man, I really appreciate that. It's really nice of you. You know, in the nice, in the most sincere way. That's what I was. That's what I was aiming for. Again, yeah. I don't know. It comes across. It comes across yeah. when you read it. Wow, you're, you're, great, you're, you're hitting both sides of the coin. So I was like, wow, this is this is really interesting. Way that's true too. Me. You really want to if, present the you want to present the counter if possible. Yeah, for right. sure. Yeah. If people haven't uh, purchased it yet or looked at it yet, like John said, it's ten dollars for the full year. Uh, you can find it on. Um, he has pinned tweets. John, what's a Twitter so people can find yeah, you on Twitter at, and find it? At John Legazer, J-O-H-N-L-A-G-H-E-Z-Z-A. And it'll take you to my Twitter page, which goes to Sharpener. It's like sharpener.me slash dashboard, whatever. So if you go to my Twitter handle, you really can't miss a thing. And again, yeah. you know, if you you could just follow along. I've been trying to drop little nuggets every day to give people an idea of what's going on. Again, that this is not... Um, player X hit 12 home runs. Like I know that most people, especially listen, the people that listen to this show obviously have like a, a, a nuanced touch, right? They're, they're thirsty for something different, right? Cause that's what you guys deliver sure. healthy, organic, challenged, competitive argument, right? And, but in the nicest way, right? When we say like, like Italians yeah. argue, it's a sign of love. We're not, that's right, man, you, I only, <laughs> yeah, I only argue with people I like, you know what I mean? <laughs> We, I say the same thing. I say the same thing as a Jew. It's like that's yeah. how I'm programmed. I, yeah, I tell my wife York, the same thing. It's a Brooklyn thing, Jew. baby. It's all good. Yeah. There's yeah. not a single. You find me a solid, strong Italian crew without one fantastic Jew. It ain't gonna happen. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, so, as John said, and as what 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 I like to do in my work that we do here, we try to uh, we try to make sure that everything tells a tells a narrative, right? Not just stats, but the stats tell a story. Which is why, if you read John and my work in particular, uh, it's, it goes on for way too long. But hopefully, we give you a lot of information. Hopefully, this podcast won't go on for way too long. Um, we're gonna. I just want to hit some some quick things before we we dive into to notes, news notes, and uh, looking through some specific guys on John's stats. Um, so, John, you talked about your your process, um, and you're you're big into stats, you're big into information, but obviously you're you're watching the games. You know, you're you've been doing this for months, but now games have started. So, for you personally, with these spring training games, what actually matters? Like, wh what do you actually think is is actionable, and what's just like, oh, that's cool, but I'm not going to do anything with that. Okay, what matters is very little, and in particular. On the hitter side, mm -hmm. almost nothing. Right. Now, I think we probably need to add a little context of it depends situationally on the hitter. Like if a player is vying for a spot, obviously those things mean more, right? We Then maybe you can apply a, a, a microscope. Any player that has more than like two years of experience, they're up there trying new things. They're, they're yeah. experimenting or not trying to give away too much. I'm not really looking to do much yet. and and if you saw any of john anderson's thread today on twitter um there's a cause for concern with these spring training ev readings that are like mm -hmm. i mean every first of all if you just see them and have an idea of what they should look like we're getting 117s from players that are not that 
You know what I mean? Right. 117, 117 EV is something kind of special and mm-hmm. it, it's right. popping up all over the place. So is this a ball issue? Is that um, the threat? We is think he alluding to it a might ball be ju- he was talking about just a particular stadium too, that some stadiums, whether yep. they're juicing the readings or they just, just have misreadings, yeah, right? Hot gun. Yeah, that's a yeah. hot gun. Also like, yeah. you know, the Yankee game the other day, like the scoreboard didn't work. The pitch clock didn't work. Like these aren't major league stadiums. They have technological issues. And sometimes that gets in the way of, of things like that. Right. Okay. Um, Sammy, I'm curious. Cause like, you know, John mentioned, obviously from the, the hitter standpoint, you know, you've got players competing, you know, are they, are they actually in the lineup? And then you've got yep. some positional things, right? Like every, like what's, right. you know, we're New Yorkers. Everybody's talking about, you know, Volpe, Peraza, whatever. Peraza has four starts at shortstop this spring. Volpe has zero. He's played second base or he hasn't been in the lineup. Like right. that stuff is useful because you're not taking a rookie and he's going to play zero games at short in the spring training and then he's going to play short in the regular season. Right. Like, no, that's you gotta not get how him, it you goes. Gotta, yeah, you got to get him out um, with his spot. But, sure. but we watch a lot of, of pitching. So for you, Sammy, like what do you – what do you look for in spring training pitching that actually matters to you? Um, you know, I think the biggest thing, I think whenever we look at pitchers, right? Like I want to see if they've made any changes to their pitch mix. I think ultimately, I think pitchers live and die by whether or not they find the right mix um, on how they utilize their arsenal, whether they jump a pitch. You know, I read John's thing about Framber and that cutter that he introduced and ditching the sinker, right? Like, these are things that you and we're talking about cease. We talked in our last episode about cease and a changeup, right? Like, is it, like I want to see is he trying to use that uh, within the time that he has on the mound? Uh, you know, and I agree. Like John, John's right. Like to me, the hitters don't mean diddly squat. Like I can care less what they're doing at the plate, right? But the pitchers, to me, that's where spring training. That's where you're putting your eye because like you really want to see if guys have made some alterations to their to their arsenal right and like mm-hmm. that to me is the biggest focus uh and and we have a little bit more this year with the pitch clock right so you know we yeah. see how, how they adjust to that and i think your your point about using it in games is super important right we get so many articles like oh somebody's throwing a splitter this year somebody's throwing a sweeper somebody's throwing a whatever and then they get in a spring training game and they throw it twice right in four innings and then you're which like is, oh, which okay, is where, so... where they should be using it the most right, right. like they should be junking it and dumping it the entire outing just to get a feel for it. I mean, I, yeah. I don't understand why they wouldn't. So I, I, I totally agree with, with both of you guys. I will say the only thing I'll add is when you see a drastic change with a hitter, like a drastic um, approach change, uh, whether it's like in a stance or something like that, you can see like a lot of guys will drastically change like the position of their hands or maybe where their feet are set up. And there are some things like that that are done for a specific purpose, right? Like, um, you know, I, I'm not reacting to this now because it's only been two games, but like Jaron Duran, prospect for the Red Sox, had low hand placement. They were kind of like down by his ribs, and he kept getting beat on the high fastball over and over and over and over again. Now his hands are up by his ears, and he's three for three. He's hit two home runs. He's getting to high fastballs. It's like, yeah, okay, I, I that's a that very can... small sample yeah, size, yeah. but if that carries on through the weeks of spring training, then those are some things I'm looking at rather than just, oh, he hit five home runs. I don't care about the numbers. I care about like, is there a, is there a noticeable, clear change? One, that was done for a specific purpose. Two, that has had a intended result. 
three. And those like, it has to kind of line up like that for me to say, that's great. Like, I know I texted you, Sammy, the like Jason Hayward home run the other day. I was like, <laughs> oh, it's a Jason Hayward resurgence. And like, that's tongue in cheek, right? I haven't seen anything other than he hit a home run. Did I send you the middle middle finger emoji response? No, you didn't. That was, you you used all those for the the Nets content. I should have. He's a really good example, actually. Hayward? Hayward Hayward is a good example of uh, how are we going, how do we digest spring training propaganda, right? Right. And and now, of course, he happened to produce. So if this continues, you're going to have two sides. right. Right? You have the Ah, it's coach speak. They said it'd be fine. We, we've right. seen so much of it. But then you're going to get people that said the drum beat was there. You know, we have prospect pedigree. This guy, yeah. Yeah. you know, was supposed to be something a long time ago. And now maybe in the right situation, right? A place that has been known to turn people around. Right. They actually get it done. Right. Like if I were to tell you, give me the short list of teams that might actually be able to succeed in a Jason Hayward reclamation. It would be the Dodgers. They'd probably be on the short right. list, right? So yeah. again, I'm just this is all theoretical and stuff. No, I agree with you. I'm right. finding myself because I, I love to take my L's in public. Man, <laughs> my biggest, my biggest hiccup getting into high stakes play has been discarding all the great work I do in the offseason for little pieces of spring training info. Right. Particularly oh, yeah. on the hitting side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? You like to get sucked into so all the stories. That's what it is. Well, so Hayward is very cheap, so maybe maybe he's not the best example. You're a cause... sucker for romance, John. <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh, let's let's actually see if we're getting sucked in or not. We're gonna play a quick, real rapid fire game. Um, that actually, uh, uh, Dave Rispoli, who works from with uh, uh, me at Rotoballer, did this on um, the Rotoballer TikTok account. So I don't want to take credit for it. Also, this kind of thing has been used. Uh, over and over again, but it's a game of for real or fugazi, right? Which basically just means is this for real or is you it have, fake? John, Sammy, I mean, not a not not from. I'm not explaining to John. I'm explaining to yeah, people who maybe who maybe don't imagine? live in New York. Or, who, yeah. yeah, John. Let, here's this word fugazi, John. Let me explain it to you. No, so <laughs> I'm going to give some tidbits that have come from spring training, and uh, John and Sammy, you can be quick with it, and you can just say for real, or you could say fugazi, or you can give me reasoning. Um, and since we've already talked about hitters and um, home runs, I'm going to start with Sammy because it's your boy. Sammy, yeah. Jared Kelnick hit two home runs in his first spring spring game. Uh, is this for real or, or Fugazi? This is a love story, Fugazi. <laughs> no, Fugazi, come on. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Unless he can find a way to get on base consistently, I don't care how many home runs he hits. And that's a crowd. Isn't that a crowded outfit out there in Seattle? Yes. Don't they have, yeah. I mean, like. Uh, a little less crowded after the Taylor Trammell injury. Yeah, I mean, this, uh, which this, this is what know. Jared Kelnick does, man. Like minor leagues, spring training, he'll show you all the goods, and then when the season starts, kind of you know turns back into a pumpkin. Gaze, John, what do you think? Oh man, like I I, I know that you're right, Sam, and I'm still kind of going the <laughs> other way. Just, but only for a few caveats here, right? So one is the defense, I think, keeps him on the field. Right. Two, I think what we've seen, at the very least also, is a stolen base floor that it provi- is definitely going to provide something, right? So I don't think he's ever going to be trash because he's always kind of giving you a little double-double action, right? He's always – you're always going to get some pop 
some speed. It's just whether or not we can get the batting average into like a palatable zone. Yeah, that mm-hmm. part, I don't know, but I do think we'll know early on. So the last part that I would get to, part of my formula where I'm willing to buy it. It's This is not saying I believe it's the truth, but I'm willing to buy it because of the cost. You know, we, we got to be careful. Guy's 23 years old. With, mm-hmm. I mean, we don't even have a, a good compliment yet. He doesn't even have a full season's compliment of plate appearances. I see 558 on this is Kelnick's career, 251, 21 and 11. That's home runs and steals, 61 and 60 runs and ribby. So, you know. John, the reason why he can't get a full compliment is because he's striking out 28 to 30 <laughs> percent of the time. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, but like the guy they, can't get, a, get an OBP over 300. The people that do count spring training stats the one thing they do count is the disciplinary basket the assertion being it's the fastest to stabilize now i don't think he's striking out so that would just be a snub again i'm here like i always like to take the losing argument i feel like but no it makes sense it makes sense and listen like to me yesterday he had a third home run and it was an opposite field home run lefty on lefty where he stayed back and drove the ball the other way. And there are are things like that where you're like, okay, I don't know that I'm like, this is it. Like all-star that everybody thought he was going to be when he left the Mets, but it it is a positive sign. We've seen things like, you know, prospects get written off super quickly. Um, You know, somebody three years old, man, somebody else I like late, you know, you got like somebody like Brandon Marsh who floundered for a while and then was traded to Philly hit 280 in the second half of the year and like, okay, mate, like, there are things like that where like, maybe there's there's growth. So I think that's a great name right there. I think I'm in between the two of you. I'm I'm not writing him off. I'm just saying, like, until he gets the ability to get on base consistently and stop striking out almost 30% of the time. Yeah, I don't know if it's gonna if if this spring trade is gonna translate. No, sure. but I think what I mean is at pick three hundred, I'll take the world you. because again, you. if if he's striking out thirty percent of the time, we're through, we're through two or three weeks. I think yeah. I have my answer. Yeah, you're playing right. house money. I got you. I got right, you. right, 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 yeah. right. Like, it's, it's a quick right. It's a quick cut. This is not yeah. like right. an average proposal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's moving. Up. His ADP is moving up. But to John's point, like if you just take the last two weeks in NFBC drafts, he's going two eighty six. So that's still yeah. pretty. I mean, like the outfielders going around him. You got Garrett Mitchell from Milwaukee, again, untested rookie. You've got Charlie Blackman, who I think might be 40 years old, not entirely oh, sure. Uh, you've got Oscar Colas, again, rookie, White Sox, Lane Thomas. You know, these are like untested you know who was um, there? outfielders anyway. You mentioned Brandon Marsh. Now that's a really, that's a really, really great ADP comp. Now I pushed Kelnick up just today. I grabbed him just today. I think I see it's weird because I was at the turn. So 15 team leagues at the turn, ADP kind of goes out the window. Yeah. I think we were at about 245, whatever that rough math is at the yeah. turn there. And Brandon Marsh was the other player I was considering, right? And they fit the same kind of bill, right? So right. defense, we're hoping catch them on the field. Bottom third of a better than average lineup. We're hoping for double doubles, right? We're hoping for double right. digit steals and run, steals and homers. I feel like maybe the Kelnick ceiling is ceiling is higher, but Marsh feels like a bit safer actually. Which yeah, it's right. not it's not a great case, man. You know. Well, you've got also like I'm just looking because he's he's outfield eligible on NFBC drafts, but like you know Christopher Morel goes thirty plus picks earlier than Kelnick, and it's like isn't that kind of the same profile? Like that's a thirty plus K guy who i guess yeah. is on a worse team so might see it bats i don't know um next one john i'm gonna start with you because I, I know this is sammy's boy 
Uh, Sean Manaya is already touching 94, 95 in the first spring outing. For you, is that for real or for Gazy? Okay, this is, I should have mentioned, prefaced this earlier. I was so quick to get to the hitting side. With pitching, Sammy mentioned one of the things you can't ignore, which is pitch mix. The other thing I think we need to look for is velocity. However, the same, I don't know what you call it, miscalibrations may be abound. So I'm not reacting. I was going to say not overreacting, but I'm not reacting at all to, let's call it one mile an hour. Okay. The reason why I'm buying Manaya is because this is like two miles an hour and, and, the track record is there, right? So San Francisco yes. has yes. been doing... Now this is like a thing. That's what they do. They just find... Like Alex Cobb, they, his entire arsenal just throttled. Just right. seen... I, even, I think Radon might have tacked on. Logan, Logan Webb, they developed Logan Everybody, Webb. right. It's like a thing. Yeah. So, yeah. again, we're we're here applying... Right? You asked me like a general question, but we're applying new... We're applying nuance. Which right. Is, right. But it's know, not so- just the track record with the Giants, but the track record, track record with Manaya because he's we been have good a... points too, yeah. We have a, and we have a long cheap. history... We also have a long history of seeing that, like, when he's 91, 92, he's a very different pitcher than when he's 90. 93. Like, yeah. that that velocity does wonders for him. So if I'm seeing him that high, to me, it makes a, a big difference. And, Sammy, I think you are you are excited by this, too. Yeah, I mean, he, he you're excited by anything, Sean well, Mania. It's I, like. I uh, love him. I love the hair. I love <laughs> the whole the whole shtick. Uh, but he did go to driveline to clean up his mechanics. I mean, the other time when he. Came into spring training, I think a couple years ago, and he had that velocity increase. I think it was just more, you know, fitness related. I think this now is a concerted effort to hey, let me get my stuff in order. Uh, and everything that John mentioned, you know, organization, ballpark, you know, just all of that put together. You know, I'm 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 buying. Okay, good to know. Um, John Shintaro Fujinami. Came over uh, from Japan. He is assured a spot in the athletics rotation. He came out his first outing throwing 95 with a 91 mile per hour split. Is this for real or fugazi for you? Well, given the price, sign me up, man. You know what I'm saying? Yep. You can't even find you can't even find this guy. And <laughs> you know, he's one of the he's certainly one of the players that newbies kind of first making the soiree into baseball right now have zero clue who this is. I mean, we're talking wholly undrafted in home leagues, <laughs> even like, I mean, I've seen him go into the 600s in draft champions. I don't know. I'm, I thought it was funny. Eno was talking about this. Like they, the way that we were hearing about it is I think what suppressed the ADP. Like, I don't know, man, I had to promise this guy a spot as if like he wasn't <laughs> worth it. He looks amazing as if, as if Oakland has anybody anyway, they're flat out awful. So, this guy's gonna get the rock as long as he's healthy. Mm-hmm. Wins are gonna be really tough, but yeah. we've also seen that park gobbles up so many baseballs. It is so sick. Like you know, you yeah. watch your pitcher throw in Oakland, you can't believe the amount of foul outs and just these really wicked ball, just really crazy stuff. You know, balls for us, Eric, whether it be in um, Yankee Stadium or Fenway. Might be 30, ro- 30 rows foul. You know, that ball is so far foul because our front row seats are literally on the line. And in Oakland, you could like put a blueberry farm, you know, in there. It's just yeah, Oakland, Oakland tries to get as many seats out of the stadium as, as possible. So <laughs> remember, that, that remember right? They covered the top deck. <laughs> oh, it's such a, such a disaster. But, but to Fujinami, listen, 
until he's moving up. And you got to think, God, how far could you let this guy move? You could probably let him move 150 picks, and it still might be a discount. But you got to yeah. keep an eye on the fact, right? Wins are going to be really tough to come by. But mm-hmm. if it's NFBC and we're talking a bench pitcher, man, you're going to be hard-pressed to find many bench pitchers you know, with that kind of stuff, I think. Yeah, yeah Sammy, you liked that splitter, right? Yeah, I mean, I saw, I saw him uh... – I think I saw some of the some of the reports where that uh, you know, control might be a little spotty. I haven't seen fully, uh, you know, if I can get get some more clips. But from what I saw from that split, that split looks devastating, especially yeah. playing off the fastball. And he's got velocity, so you know, I think what John's saying is the fact that you can ensure someone is going to toe the rock twenty five to thirty times, uh, you know, easy for that for that ballpark for that that team. Uh, at the cost, I think, you know, with that kind of skill set, I think it makes sense. Yeah. 28 years old. So not like at an end of his career guy coming over from another league, right? There, there is some upside there. The only thing I'll say, I, I'm in on him. Um, he hasn't thrown over 107 innings since 2018. So just one thing to, to, to think of is like, Oakland is going to just give him run, but can he go over 140, you know, 150, that kind of jump um, just if you're, you know, you have your own projections, just work that in. Um, John, we talked about hitting a little bit before um, and not trying to read too much into it. Uh, Brendan Donovan for the Cardinals has a new stance and all these reports are he's selling out for more pull power. Um, do you care anything about those reports? Yeah, well, this is, this is interesting because on one hand, we have an organizational track record, right? Similar to what we mentioned with San Francisco. But with St. Louis, their claim to fame is pull power, right? And that's what they do, you know. So Arenado is going to have 30 home runs every year, no matter what my dorky spreadsheet says. And that's that's <laughs> and that's a fact. And to be honest, that, I, that's another one of the L's I'm kind of firmly taking this year is the adaptation to the humidor. What I have found, there are now two types of power. So there's our big hulking spreadsheet power right? Your Austin Riley red spreadsheet power. And then there's just pull, pull line drives. There are guys that pull lots of line drives and they're going to be home runs. And St. Louis focuses on that. So on one hand, I say, that's probably going to work. My issue here, and this is what I'm curious about your take is, we are talking about an elite plate approach. Mm-hmm. Not the type of thing I'm normally trying to mess with, I believe he does. He have a two percent K minus walk and a ninety three percent zone contact rate. These are um, not the signs that scream adjustment. Not that, everyone has uh, to yeah. hit home runs. Not right. everyone needs to be a pull hitter. Some guys need to get on base and hit singles and doubles. So, I maybe it'll work, but I, at what at what cost, right? Yeah, I think that's the I think that's the key. Is like, yeah, he hit two home runs right off the bat, and so everybody was like, oh, he's selling out for power. Maybe his sellout for power is I'm not a five home run guy. I'm a 10 home run guy and I'm still keeping my 280 batting average. And that's fine. And he's not like a, you know, what we used to say in college, like a dip, rip, destroy. Like I'm just like, everything is just up Um, because yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff with this dude. I mean, he was 25 years old last year, won a gold glove, can play all over the field. Um, you know, really good plate approach, like you said, and the Cardinals care about stuff like that. Um, and now, again, did you see talking... the pitches by any chance? Did you happen to see the pitches? Where I'm going is, again, we you and I, we're, if we're the three of us are going to be the, the kings of context. 
it's is it it's possible again this is how i find these things right you start rabbit holing if the home runs were inside right and that's kind of what we're thinking is it possible that that was perhaps a cold zone for him not meaning a, a spot he couldn't hit but it was a spot because obviously you don't put up those kind of uh, plate approach metrics without having a a firm control of the strike sure. zone. So it's very I, possible he didn't have that in the trigger zone is maybe what I should have said. Right. And I, maybe they just opened him up to swinging at pitches inside that with his elite contact, now he's has his eyeball on that. So it's possible that you're just getting exactly what you had, but like you mentioned, extra home runs. Yeah, I think yeah. my boy my boy is going to have a hard time getting on the field though, Brendan Donovan. No, I think he's going to – why? He's, he's every day every day. Beat, no? I mean, they've got Jordan Walker, Tyler O'Neill. They've got Lars Newbar out there. They've he's got second base. He's going to play second. He's he's gonna every play day, second, second baseman, yeah. Yeah, because Nolan Gorman can't play defense. Nolan Gorman is one yeah, of the I worst know. defensive second basemen in baseball, which is fair because he's a third baseman that they put at second because of Arenado. Um, I, thought, I thought Edmund was at second base. No, gold Edmund glove short. short. He's not even wow. second base eligible this year. Because De, De, DeYoung will be – DeYoung is not a thing anymore. Right. He's I mean, he's on the team. Oh, that's right. But, that's right. Know. That's right. We, we've just – we've had to deal with Paul DeYoung for the longest time. So you just assume he's there. Yeah. Um, I but, that before. But, yeah. Like, like Gore – I mean, Donovan will play some outfield. He'll play some short. He'll do whatever. But he's going to play second base as much as possible. And, John, I'm looking right now. Both home runs were breaking balls. Uh, so the first one is an 82 mile an hour. looks like a changeup that just sat over the fat middle part of the plate. And the second home run was a curveball that he went down and got. So like you're pulling off speed pitches doesn't necessarily say, Oh, he's going to be a pull heavy hitter. Like pulling yeah. hanging breaking balls is what any major league hitter does. Um, yeah. So just Although only know, one, one only one home run last year on breaking and off speed stuff. So yeah, so maybe he's going out and getting it a little bit. I mean, more. you know, to double, right, to double even a short season's output in a single, even if it's an exhibition game. Okay, it's sure. all these things are worth looking for. But I think, I think maybe accidentally, right, we, or not so accidentally, we may have shown people what it takes. And to be honest, to get back to me again, this is exactly the kind of stuff where I do my rankings, man, because there's no way I would keep be able to retain all of this information, right? Right. And in, in five days, I'm shot. You're going to ask me about Brendan Donovan. And I'm going to go, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, it's true. I would do the same thing. Um, Sammy, before we move on uh, to talk about some of the guys in John's rankings, last thing, Joe Adele put on 20 pounds of muscle for real or Fugazi? Fugazi. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's his, his issue has always been contact his plate skills. It's, it's not about his power. I mean, that to me doesn't matter. And it, sometimes that that stuff is a negative for you. I mean, who was it that we were talking about? Uh, Giolito last episode uh, put on you know way too much muscle trying to throw the ball harder. I know it's a pitcher, but no, you know, I mean, I, yeah, I don't think for a, I don't think I think in the hitter for for a guy like Joe Adele, Joe Adele, like I don't think twenty pounds of muscle is going to change his issues. Also, Seiya Suzuki put on 20 pounds of muscle and then immediately hurt his oblique. Oblique, so right. Put, so putting on a bunch of muscle isn't always yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Also, Nothing. you want to talk about crowded outfield. I mean, Taylor Ward, Mike Trout, Hunter Renfro locked in. Right. I, I mean, barring an injury. Um, so, yeah. I Listen, I'd, I'd love Joe Adele to, to you know, become a thing. Um, you know, he was highly touted and it would – be unfortunate for that to like fully flop. It's kind of in the same boat as Kelnick, right? Like, you know, 
you know, there's intrigue there at the cost. Like, you know, who knows? You know? Yeah. But even like last year, I mean, in 40 games at AAA, he hit 239 with a 31% strikeout rate in AAA. Like, Kalnick at least goes down to the minors and has these stretches where he rakes. Kills um, it. And we yeah, haven't right. seen Kill, Adele. Right. We haven't yeah. really seen Adele do that since like double A in 2019. I've um, heard muscles uh, cut strikeout rates. Is this true? Uh, Listen, I mean, to be honest, to be honest, right <laughs> off the bat, that's not even a good thing for baseball. Right. It's just not a good muscle mass is firm and not pliable. Are we, okay? are we talking about baseball or picking up girls? I'd be much, I'd be much, much more like into the player that came back and said, I know the funniest thing was people were killing me over the yoga thing. Every single podcast took swipes at the Yankees for in, for using yoga, which is like the thing that you should be doing for baseball, right? Cause it, it's about sustainability. It's about balance. It's about breathing and all these things that people him, don't want to hear about. So Speak they're in the gym. He's hanging and banging Speak like Hogan used to say, right? Hanging and banging, saying his prayers, chewing a vitamin stuff. Now, I'm not saying this stuff's bad, but that is not the skills for baseball. Baseball is not a, it's not a deadlift competition. Okay? Right. It's not so, a deadlift. If he told me he was that guy balancing on like those, doing that circus trick where he's balancing on the round thing, on the balance, and <laughs> while he's juggling, I'd be like, yo, I'll push you up the ADP board further for that than I would for putting on muscle mass. That's right. So now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you out. We're going on the spot, John, and we're going to dive into players on your ranking sheet. Okay. If, this we're, all about, if, if we're all about yoga – and we promote yoga on this podcast. Yes. <laughs> Tyler O'Neill spent all offseason putting that bulky Canadian body through some yoga. I have him at 80 in my rankings. You have him at 113. How come Tyler O'Neill's yoga didn't matter to you in the way that other people's yoga oh, matters man. to you? Here we well, go. That I, I don't I think he was doing broga, first of all. If you <laughs> see that dude, there's no I also are we sure his yoga does not involve 500 pound squats? You know what I mean? 900 pound deadlifts. That we're not sure about because he really is. And his dad, right? Wasn't his dad like a, a competitive a champion Canadian, or something like that? Yeah, Canadian bodybuilder. Oh, yeah, yeah. but like legit, like I'm, I'm underselling it. Yeah, he was yeah, like a legit, no, like, like a legit, legit world renowned yeah, yeah, body. Sure. So listen, the guy's got from great stock. But again, I think, and I don't want to, I don't want to insinuate stuff, but like, all right, it stands to reason at least that they might be a little bit higher on muscles and their importance. Than you know, people maybe in the new progressive age of baseball, whatever biomechanics are. Sure. Obviously, come on, what's the problem with O'Neill? It's all that's the plate discipline stuff. It's bad. It's bad. It's to re- it ranges from bad to really bad. And then the scarier part last year was, like I kind of look. For, I like to look for simultaneous growth and almost like things that almost shouldn't work together but do. Right. So when we see elite power hitters like Pete Alonso and Austin Riley, both reducing strikeouts while increasing contact, maintaining quality. You know, all these pieces moving together. For the little bit of improvement we got, like, in the disciplinary stats, right, the 31 drops to 27, the walk rate jumps from 7 to 10. Everything Mm -hmm. else that we need kind of drop precipitously, right? The bow rate dropped off the table, hard hit rate dropped off the table, fly ball rate, line drive rate. These things are all dropping kind of precipitously. Ground ball percentage went up. So I kind of worry that – it almost sounds still like to play into my own bad narrative here. He almost seems too clunky. You know, he almost seems too clunky. It's it's, We've seen his swing. He's really struggled with stuff up top, which, again, shows – 
Hitting high fastballs is not about the size of your biceps, but the ability to recognize the pitch and get your bat up there, right? And level, to get a level bat up to that plane as fast as possible. He, he's very, very flawed. You know, um, also, I think, here's, Sammy, here's where I'm kind of with you, where you mentioned Donovan. I'm like, Donovan's playing 2B every single day. O'Neal, they're really pressing as the center fielder. And he does play good defense, so he should have a spot. But you could see him slide, no, at least slide in the lineup. I don't. There was I don't no way in hell I'd be comfortable having him out in center field with the amount of injury history he's got. I mean, uh, that's another one too. Center field is the most ground to cover, right. and probably the most dangerous from a percentage standpoint. Again, I don't think this guy's bad. I was a huge Tyler O'Neill stand, and I think part of my ranking number. Again, we didn't get to let's keep going back to it, but I think the way to do rankings this is for everybody is is not to be like player A over player B over C and start mixing mm-hmm. everything. Look at these things in tiers and groupings of positions and categories that will help guide you through the draft. And I think yeah. O'Neill might have just fallen out of that outfield tier into the top of the next one. And you know, if you bump them up into the bottom of the one above, which is starting to get confusing, it, it yeah. could be 30, 40 spots. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Meaning like right, the top outfielder in the third tier is not that far away from the bottom outfielder in the second tier, but by number, they might be separated by 40. So when you get to the edges, you know, these things are never going to be perfect. But I think I'm always okay. Again, I like to look at progression. I look at trajectory, discipline. These things seem to be working against him. Yeah, yeah. I guess where where I'm a little different, I I see what you're talking about, like, in the fact that – Barrowway dropped, hard contact dropped. There's a lot of stuff in the results that that didn't go the way we want. We did see some improvements in the strikeout rate and the walk rate and the O swing, right? You know, the O swing lowered to the lowest rate he's had, um, well, since the shortened 2020 season. Um, you know, the zone contact, highest he's ever had, 82.4% was up much higher. The contact rate overall up much higher. So you, you got some things we like. We're swinging and missing. The swing uh, swing and strike rate was the lowest of his career. So swinging and missing way less, making more contact. The contact is was worse last year, admittedly, but it's a it's a paradigm shift for a player to to try to change the way they approach things. Then you have that player falling flat on his face and speaking publicly about falling flat on his face and needing to change the way he does things. And then claiming at least that he spent the offseason changing the way he did things because of the failure. And so I look at it and I'm like, okay, he never really failed at the major league level. Like he had a bad 2020, but I think a lot of people throughout 2020, like we did as fantasy analysts, and I'm sure players did the same thing. Oh, it's 40 games, it's 50 games, whatever. Right. So he had all these flaws. But he hit 254 in his rookie year, he hit 262 in 2019, he hit 286 in in 2021 with 34 home runs and 15 stolen bases. So he had all these issues, but he never he never sucked, he never failed. So it takes you know hitting 228 and saying I was terrible for some people to realize, okay, maybe I do actually need to do something different. So the way I look at it is like I saw some things that are that are better. I see the quality of contact that isn't exactly where we want it to be. However, we have a track record of him at least being able to hit the ball harder. Oh yeah. So, I, so I'm looking at like 
I bumped him up to like a 248 batting average, which okay. to me is not even is not even getting him back to like the 280s. But you give him a 248 batting average. I gave him 26 home runs, 17 stolen bases because he's got speed and we got new stolen base right. rules. Yeah. Um hit, hitting probably in the middle of that lineup. And for me, that he came out to the 49th ranked hitter. And what did I say? It was 80, um, 80th overall. And he's, and he's going 95th right now. And so you're not even like, we kind of split the difference on his ADP. You had him 113 and you're saying like, you know, if you put him at the bottom of another tier, it might be 30 points. So him going 95 doesn't seem egregious. I just think I'm willing to jump that 95 and take him a little bit earlier if I needed power or speed obviously if i needed like batting average you know brian reynolds is going 85 right now i you know that profile is a little better if i'm looking for batting average um but if i want you know power and speed you know o'neill's going around like say a suzuki now like, i was about to say i was about to say jake, to jake mccarthy say you yeah. know like i don't know i i just i like i like o'neill this year i'm a sucker think, for it I, guess. I think i think that if he's healthy i think if he can then that's a huge if at least even his down year last year he gave you 14 bags right like right. So, i mean even considering the kind of contact you know you know or just the injury history and just the the power outage you know if he can stay healthy i mean you're looking at a 30 15 guy right like i mean and i think when you're looking at the yeah. other options in that same profile in that same area of the draft I think, you know, why would you take on a shot a shot on a guy who's actually had some success in the past? Yeah. Um, John, I'm putting you on the spot again, but I, you've talked about yes. this on Twitter, so I know you're ready to go. Yes. Um, but one of the things you've talked about a lot is actually having Rodon over his teammate, Garrett Cole. Um, and Sammy and I have talked on this podcast about a little, being a little bit wary about Garrett Cole, home run issues, et cetera, et cetera. But I wanted to give you a chance to explain why – if you had, you know, the pick, you'd, I assume, be taking Rodon over Cole. Yeah, I mean, it's all, I think he's just got everything going for him. You know, it's um, the only negative I've even encountered so far is that it's like a health argument, which again, Rodon's made every start in the past like two years or whatever. I don't, that's enough. We're going to spend, I don't want to spin off into depth of trying to find who's injured and who's not, because that really is like the most self serving. <laughs> theory in all of fantasy is like who determines who's injured and how and uh, whatever so to me i think that's part of it is to me rodon is is healthy you mm-hmm. know so he's i think he's a candidate to be among the league leaders in innings pitched the yankees gave him the bag they like to let pitchers go deep they have every intention of winning the world series so you know the, the context is there i think the ballpark plays much better for rodon than right. it does for cole for sure. So yeah. here, now I'm bringing up my rankings. We give you so much. So here's kind of some of what you're getting. Again, here I go referring to my own stuff because I wouldn't know how else to go dig through all this stuff right away. That's right. All right. So we had a um, bit of a mixed change. But then again, remember, we had the diagnostic improvements going to San Fran, shaving mm-hmm. two inches of sink off his most used pitch. And the subsequent results were excellent, nearly doubling his fastball whiff rate, right? So that's another one of the things I like to talk about is fastball shape. Because again, a lot of the people who are better players than I am, which I understand, I believe are using methods that are erroneous because they don't have a better pathway, meaning like automatically regressing home run to fly ball. So I think that's one way that people can buck the system and people smarter than them is by understanding which pitchers are, are able 
to sustain these low home run to fly ball rates that there shouldn't be regressed? And the answer is excellent fastballs that are flat and can be used up in the zone. Let's get back into it. So with the fastball, he's pairing it with a slider. Now, again, if you follow my work at The Athletic, because I talk really fast, I like to have templates. I like to use a triple slash for mm-hmm. individual pitches. I like to is so my triple slash, Eric, is usage, X slug, whiff rate. The idea being deployment, contact mm-hmm. quality, swing and miss. Nothing is going to be perfect, but I found it's a damn good descriptor of what's going on with this pitch, right? Yeah. How often did you throw it? How hard does it get hit? Because remember, X, be careful with XBA. XBA is just whether or not the ball will land. Right. X slug implies extra bases, right? So these things mm-hmm. matter. Again, why hopefully people come to hang with me. The slider, the triple slash on the slider, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous. 31 use, 237 X-Lug, 39% whiff. Holy crap. Paired with a change of, again, another one of the things that I, here I am, I toot my own horn, it's going to break today. Uh, something that I termed, again, at The Athletic, a targeted approach. And something we've seen now with our ability to more, better understand arsenals and deployment, we had a lot of pitchers that have two distinct arsenals right. that they throw one to righties and one to lefties. Mm-hmm. Now for fantasy players, this could get you in trouble when you say, oh, well, he only throws that pitch 8% of the time. It's a throwaway pitch. Well, what if he only throws it to righties? Well, then right. it's 8% of a purely majority. It's actually mm-hmm. a 13% pitch and it's a wipeout pitch and you've ignored it. Right. So there's a lot of ways that the work that we do, hopefully, you know, highlight some stuff. So pairing it with the change up to righties, only 50% whiff rate. He pitches for distance. 16 quality starts last year. And again, more of my own stuff. I like to use the money start people. So it's seven innings pitched minimum, two earned runs maximum. Again, the things that you get, uh, custom shit, right? You just kind of get here. But <laughs> those are the starts to me that matter. Quality starts are stupid. That right. doesn't move. We're looking for the determinative starts that move the needle. Seven innings minimum, two earn run maximum. That's how you win fantasy leagues. And he's out there giving it to you all the time, man. You know, that's like a fifth of the time. That's like 20% of his starts to give you seven and two. Just ridiculous. Two, six, four expected ERA. Oh, here's here's using the baskets, right? Let's use the baskets, people. Again, I don't just talk. Say about it with some bass in your voice, John. <laughs> Say it with some bass in your voice. So 264 E. Expected array, 283 Sierra, 33K to seven walk, 14 swinging strike, 80 zone contact, six and a half barrel, 0.6 home runs per nine. I mean, across every basket, he suppresses runs because the discipline is strong. He See, this is funny too, where people are, are now, I think we're starting to understand, we always want to ground ball pitchers, but fly balls are not necessarily bad. It's something I repeat on my show at nauseum. Fly, not all fly balls are created equal. Right. So here's a tip again. I'm just hopefully we're dropping dimes. If you use fan graphs, GB ground ball, LD line drive, FB fly ball equal 100. Therefore, infield flies are being omitted from that statistic. Wow. So the spreadsheet socialists, calling my boy Evan, established <laughs> Where they get where they get in trouble, and this is the truth. This is the truth. <laughs> this is the truth. Where they get in trouble is using a raw fly ball rate and regressing it to the mean, ignoring the fact that pitchers with these elite fastballs that I like to, you know, go above and beyond. Hopefully, kind of describing because I, again, it's that it's that vertical movement that defines who's able to work on his own. Mm-hmm. You'll notice all these guys have double-digit infield fly rates over year again and again and again. Right, and, again. Right, right. and people have been doing this for Dylan Cease every single year. They do it for Radon every single year. Oh, the, the home runs, home runs, they're not coming. 
Right. As long as the guy's pumping 97 cheddar with 11 inches of vertical movement and nine and a half inches of arm side run, no one is getting to it. Okay. Right. It, anyone that does pops it up. That ball has a zero XBA. So there's like a crash course on not just like every stat in the book we look for. It's the ones that matter and hopefully help us determine at the very tippy top guys. Now, all that being said, Garrett is freaking awesome, but yeah. we're trying to figure out who's the very, very best and who's the Damn, Eric led you right into that. And you went on like <laughs> a freaking runaway train. I, lo I love it. And you know what? It, it, here's the deal. It's also like everything John said makes sense. And I don't have the balls to do it. Right. Like I'll kick the can down the road and just pick somebody else. Like I'll just take a, I'll take a hitter and wait. And, and that's also, but that's, that's the funny. nature of the game. Right? Is, yeah, is yeah, you yeah. have to, you have to be able to, to, if you're doing the analysis yourself or you're consuming the analysis from another person, if you believe in it and it all clicks in your brain and it all makes sense, then you have to be willing to do the thing that seems somewhat crazy. And Sammy and I talked about this when we talked about, things we regretted from last year is just not having the conviction behind our own beliefs to say, I'm just going to do this because I thought I was going to do it. I said I was going to do it. And then in the last second you decide, eh, I'm not going to do it. And I, I, everything in my body says I would rather have Rodon on my fantasy team than Garrett Cole, except the voice in my head. That's like, well, he might pitch 195 innings and maybe you want Cole. And I'm like, I'll just, I'll take Cole and be safe. And then well, Schrider did in 130. I feel like we exactly. know we we're having we're having all of these priors challenge in real time, year over year, right? Mm -hmm. Look, man, all the not that listen, volume definitely matters, especially when it comes to great ratios. But God, we there are certain pitchers that with a buck fifty can finish in the top five. A guy like Radon, he doesn't feel I don't feel he has 150 ceiling. Give me 185. He's gonna finish as a number one overall. He what? I I, um, I love the way you put that. You make it so easy to understand from that standpoint. Usage, how much does he use it? How hard does it get hit? hit and how many swings and misses does it get? Simple, very easy. Um, Sammy, I'm gonna give John a, a chance to rest the voice for a second because I know he has yes, a very strong you. opinion on this next player. Uh, you're on the clock in a draft, Sammy. You need a third baseman, right? Third baseman, shallow position. You didn't get your Jose Ramirez. Um, you just you really don't want to wait. You're in a standard five by five league, nothing crazy, right? You have Austin Riley and Rafael Devers on the board. Where are you going? Uh, I think I'm going Austin Riley. Why? Uh, I just think there's another another gear. Uh, I think there may be another level to him. Uh, I love the I, I love the ballpark. I love the lineup. Um, you know, I think those are the things that. You know, while I think Devers has, you know, Fenway's a great place to hit, uh, I'm not really sure about the lineup. So, I mean, it, and I do think there's another level. I think we've seen, you know, Devers at his best. I don't think we've seen, you know, the best of Riley just yet, to be honest. I think there's still another level for me to get to with him. So, um, if you're asking me about Austin Riley, who am I choosing? I'm taking, I'm taking Riley. Okay. Uh, I'm going to make my case for Devers, and then I'm going to let John go. Um so I, I think it's interesting that you said you think we've seen the best of Austin of Devers and we haven't seen the best of Austin Riley because Rafael Devers is only 26 years old. Right. So uh, technically he's reaching his athletic prime. Um, I don't necessarily believe that we've seen the best of him. Uh, what we have seen is three years in a row, 
reducing the strikeout rate um, down to 18.6%. Um, we've also seen um, a pretty consistent plate approach in terms of, um, you know, he, he is a little bit of a free swinger. We know he's going to do that, but his swinging strike rate has pretty much stabilized around 14%. Um, not that bad when you're comparing him to Austin Riley. Um, contact rate around 74%, but he makes good contact in the zone. Um, we've seen plus power. We've seen 38 home runs in 2021. We saw 32 home runs in 2019. We saw a dip in power last year because the barrel rate went down. Um, launch angle regressed a little bit. Um, and the fly ball rate went down a little bit as he dealt with multiple injuries including a hamstring injury. He had a wrist injury that ended um, the 2021 season and, and impacted a little bit at the beginning of last year. Um, he had, again, the hamstring injury last year. Also, I, I don't think that we can totally ignore that the Red Sox were an absolute dumpster fire last year, were not at all competitive. And the second half of the year was all about is – J.D. Martinez getting traded? Is Xander Bogarts getting traded? Are they going to blow up the whole team? And so I do think that kind of stuff it is Devers going to resign, right? He he was up for an extension. I do think that kind of stuff impacts people. And then you look at like, okay, dude hit 324 in the first half of the season with 22 home runs in 86 games. He hit 249 in the second half of the season with five home runs in 55 games. So you've got injury, you've got team context, you've got precipitous drop-off in the second half of the year, I think does explain a lot of why he didn't reach the peak that we're used to him reaching, um, rather than like something changed in his underlying skills. Also, he still hit 295 last year with 27 home runs. So we're talking about a guy who could hit 280, 290 with 30 plus home runs. I really do think like, he hit 38 in 2021. I, I think 35 is well within reason for a guy who could also hit 280, 290. And I understand that people are thinking the Red Sox lineup isn't great. And it's certainly not as good as what the Red Sox lineups were before. But like, you know, Justin Turner is a professional hitter. He's a very good hitter. Alex Verdugo gets on base a ton. Um, Adam Duvall is, is a power hitter, right? He's going to play up it, in Fenway where he can drive in Devers. Devers is going to hit second in that lineup. He's going to get I a lot of I should have made it bats. very clear. Um, I should have prefaced by saying that you can't go wrong with either of them. No, 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 no. This is, but this is, but this is a decision that people have to make in drafts because it comes to a point where people get scared about third base being shallow. Yeah, they I get mean, to a point think, where they're like, I need to take a third baseman. And so yeah. it's just explaining all the angles of yeah, it I just, because, because the other thing I will say, and then I, you know, I'll let you go. And, and John too, is like, I think the other determiner for me is, I'm getting stolen bases from Devers that I'm not getting from Riley. Um, you know, he had five, five, eight, five. I think, you know, getting six or seven with the new rules for him is not that out of bounds. Um, and I think that that kind of thing is a, a little differentiator when you're talking about, again, like you said, you can't really go wrong with either. So I like the batting average. I still think we have more upside. I like the speed component. Austin Riley had two stolen bases. Don't sell him so don't sell him short, bro. Right. Sorry. Uh John, I know you're you're big on Riley though. So why why are you into Riley? Okay, so this is funny because yes, I I am, I do, I should say I do firmly have 
Riley over Devers. However, after speaking to DuPont, Jason DuPont, right, he's a notable high-stakes player at Papal Beast. Huge. Like, it's almost sickening how much of a Red Sox fan he is. But <laughs> but he does make some very good points. Well, he's, he's unabashed about what kind of homer he is. But yeah. he made some really good points. Okay, so, again, uh, Eric did a very good job with the tail of the tape. Um, I think you may have undersold the disciplinary basket. Like, I think... Riley's is a bit stronger, you know. Devers, the chase rate is pretty bad, right? So forty yes. percent, and this this is like the improved version. 40 percent O swing, eighty percent in zone contact is not is not very good, right? For now, again, you you mentioned the swing strike rate. That's the that that's the one power metric I really don't care about. Believe it or not. Okay. Why? I, because I want my power hitters aggressive in the zone. Sure. We don't want them chasing, right? So Pete Alonso. Sure can have a double-digit swing strike rate, I could care less. Because I want him pulling the trigger in the zone. The problem Fair. with Devers, he's pulling the trigger outside the zone, right? And we well, and, and in the zone. He's just Wait, pulling the trigger. Yeah, right, right, right. It's really <laughs> it's really quite amazing that he's able to sustain such high BAs with, you know, a flawed disciplinary basket, right? Well, because that, that O contact is so high, which we've seen, listen, like nobody's saying he's Vladimir Guerrero, but we've seen hitter power hitters – be able to get to crazy pitches like that and you know yeah he, do stuff with he them. does yeah yeah um the the power the see where this is where i was drawing my initial my initial determination was coming from the power right remember i mentioned the hulking the hulking spreadsheet power so you know devers 36 hard rate fan graphs 51 hard hit savant riley's is 40 hard hit and 51 Riley, 16 barrels to 12, 11% blast to 6, 71 barrels to 51. And then when you get into, again, I've been getting into this pull power stuff. Devers' pull profile is actually worsening year over year. I happen to have them both up next to each other. So this was just last year. Austin Riley pulled 97 fly ball line drive, 97 of them. It was good for 23 home runs, but 46 extra base hits. You know, he, he rakes. Right. Devers was kind of below average. He only pulled 57 fly ball line drives. Not very good. It was only 14 homers and the batting average, which I, it sounds funny because it was only, it was only 524. That number should be well over 600. Like it is for Riley, you know, it's just 650, right? With those, those balls should be your most productive. And they really weren't for Devers. Now, remember that was my initial. After talking to Jason, I didn't realize the split and the injury split with Devers, again, let's go to the videotape, something I would have never remembered in my life. So Devers, to start the year, before the All-Star break, his first 380 plate appearances. Let me know when this sounds bad. 324, 62, 55, 22, and 2. Dude, he was on pace for like, you know, a hundred and a 225 combined runs of ribbies, 38 home runs and five steals. Like a first round, solid first round mm-hmm. return. And I didn't realize that. Then he runs into a wall. Try, you know, I noticed this a few times. Teams trying to rest guys, not putting them on the IL, and then having them eventually wind up on the IL, which is why they reduced it to 10 in the first place. Anyway, right. when he came back, the 234 plate appearances when he came back, 238, 22, 33, 5, and 1. Woof. I mean, just like, like replacement level bad. Now I'm a Yankee fan, but I don't think Devers is replacement level bad. Let's get right. Let's be serious. Right. I think he's closer to the player that we had in the first half. So mm-hmm. having taken out the microscope on all these players, 
Though I still have Riley over Devers because I think you can make an argument for the quality of hitter. I don't think the Boston contextual environment is nearly as good as it is in Atlanta. I mean, <laughs> no, of course the, not. The yeah. environment in Atlanta, like Austin Riley should be a pop to lead the league in runs and ribbies combined. I mean, 125 ribbies on a table, 105 runs on the table. Yep. He's shown you he can hit 300. He showed you can hit 38 home runs. And then in the landscape, only what, 23 people hit 30. If he steals even a base or two, I mean, Riley is like legit, legit future of the game. And again, I talk about trajectory. You know, here's the difference. K rate year over year, 36, 25, 24, as the end zone contact rate goes from 74 up to 86. So he's now, a the next level up for Austin Riley is like elite contact. And uh, well, he hasn't taken a step back in bow rate. Well, the bow rate's actually gone from 10 to 13 to 16. So look at the, the and again, uh, maybe I'm overstating this, but if you look at these players, like the hitting tool as a machine, mm-hmm. He's, I was thinking of it like a drag racer, right? Because there's pure speed, but then can he keep on the track and can't keep running races? Riley's putting himself in a position where like he's getting to a point where the strikeout rates can be better than average while he has the, one of the best bow rates in the league paired with a top flight in zone contact rate. And oh, the, oh, by the way, the O swing has dropped from 41 to 34 in his major league career. So quite literally every piece of the puzzle that I love, love to stick my teeth into, Riley is not only exceeding, but showing improvement. Like, I think he's the MVP this year. He's he's like my dark horse MVP. Ooh. Yeah. And John does a lot of betting content. Not that he's telling you to bet on it, but maybe yeah. uh, maybe look at the odds. Yeah, maybe you do. Um, I want to do I want to do one more would you rather and I'm going to skip over the one that John told me was impossible. Oh man, you have to recording. mention it at some point though. Whoa. Which was dude. Well, what, was the, out- what was the impossible question? I'm trying to figure it out. It was if you're, it was Adelise Garcia, Teoscar Hernandez, George Springer um, who tend who tend to go in a row or in the same within the same round um you know where, do you where have are you going? I, I do, and my take it. is based, <laughs> based on based on your based on your rankings. My take is the same as yours. I'm taking Springer of the three. Um, he's going to hit leadoff in the best lineup of the three teams. Um, I think that George Springer is probably the is is not not sorry not probably. I think George Springer is the best pure hitter of the three in terms of his his approach. Uh, quality of contact, all of that. I think we, we obviously know the flawed uh, plate approach from Adelise Garcia. Teoscar Hernandez, who, you know, Sammy and I have both had on our fantasy teams at various times, also is another guy um, with, you know, low contact rates, um, some swing and miss in the game, uh, now moving to a worse hitter park, even though uh, if you pay $10 uh, for John's stats, uh, and his whole rankings, you can actually get a good note on the environment in Seattle and how the environment in Seattle is shifting post humidor. But we don't want right. to just give everything Ooh, away. Did you see? Hold on, uh, did you see? I had Derek Cordy on his heels. Yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah baby. Um, so that so that was really interesting. <laughs> um, but to me, it's like the only knock on Springer. The only reason you wouldn't take Springer over those two is you're like, oh, he's going to get hurt. Get hurt, right? And so again, we're talking about like the injury narratives, and I just. You know, unless I really needed the Adelise Garcia stolen bases. And again, like that early in the draft, I don't know that I really need something so much that I'm panic taking somebody I don't like over somebody I, I do. Um, I, I, I've taken Springer in that situation in every draft I've done when I've had the opportunity. 
Um, so I'm not always doing that. But the the one that I'm going to ask you about, John, because the one that's stumping me is the shortstop tier in the middle of the draft. Um, and shortstop is a particularly deep position, but there's a run in the middle um, that tends to include within the same round or within the same, you know, like 15, 20 picks. Dansby Swanson, Willie Adamas, Tim Anderson, and Xander Bogarts. And there are some guys that work their way in there at times too, but those are the four that tend to kind of consistently be there. Um, And you've written up almost all of those guys in detail on the sheet. But I'm just curious, like, I know that sometimes it depends on like what you need, but is there a guy in that grouping that you just tend to find yourself a little bit more interested in? Yeah, I've, I've been a slick Willie guy for a long time. Willie Adams has kind of been my dude for a long time. I was really, I mean, I was really like screaming about that, about the, the batter's eye in Tampa Bay and the move to Milwaukee and how the splits are playing out. Plus he's got the shine and a, some really good plate skills. You know, the, you mentioned it though, Eric, categorically, I don't think you can view them the same. Now, I'm very big on getting batting average up top because not only is it hard to make up, but the hope is the players at the very top have the most plate appearances where they can be the greatest impactors of that category. Where when you get to these shortstops, I don't want to need batting average at the at the expense of what might be 15 home runs, man, right? Yeah. That's not really how you do this. In mm-hmm. particular, a guy like, you know, listen, Dansby, I just quickly, Dansby, I think might have played over skis a little bit. You got to be, right? That has all the makings of like the fade. The, right. the walk year, you know, going nuts, running and everything. Plus he's healthy and everything. Whatever. I, he should be good for Chicago. And I think a player like Dansby is never, ever going to lose you a fantasy league because he fills right. all five buckets and right. you can just keep moving. So he's not a bad pick. Tim Anderson, it's health. I just can't do it anymore, guys. I love Tim Anderson, but right. I just can't do it anymore. Xander Bogus is the one that I also feel strongly about where I am. I could not be farther away from Bogus. I don't think you could pay me to draft this guy. I just don't – like, I don't get it. It's, it's flaws. But listen, the guy's a great, like – Real life hitter, I hate to even say that because I like to think I like good real life hitters because the disciplinary profile is so good. But I mean, 46% ground ball, sub 40 pull rate, so you're just not getting really anything. He's like an opposite, he's like an opposite field hitter, you know, six percent barrel, three percent blast. You're not really it's so funny. We were talking about Xander because I remember last year, me and uh, my brother was like, Yo, Jeff McNeil is better than Xander Bogarts, like because. They're both like it. And then I, I was talking about Eric this, and I think this was at like the midpoint of the season. And then mm-hmm. if you look at the end of the season, it kind of, they, they weren't that far apart. Yeah, well, again, Xander is going to do work with the three the 307 batting average across 630 plate appearances. Right. It's such a carrying factor. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, it, I, I don't like this. I hate, I don't ever want to feel like I'm lecturing people because yeah, I fail at this. Is trying to intuitively understand what what that means, right? Home runs to home runs are very easy to understand, but because, right, because it's a raw total, 30 home runs is more than 25. Even I know that. But it's very very hard to compare what a 285, 500 plate appearances is to a 240 at 600 plate appearances added to, you know, 300 at at, all these moving pieces. I, again, I have found, give me the big BAs up top because when it comes to later on, I mean, Adamas, I think, is the clear leader for home runs in this group. 
I think he's a clear leader for runs plus home runs in his um, uh, home runs plus steals in this group. Right, if you add them together, I, I just think he's the best hitter, right? And and mm-hmm. I like that team uh, context also. I mean, listen, Xander at the top of the Padres is going to score and show you runs also with the on base skills, but we need steals and home runs, and I think he's kind of deficient in both. So I, yeah. he's, he's hard for me to get with. Sammy, are you are you on the same page? Uh, I am. I'm a slick Willie guy. Uh, you know, I think the the profile is getting better from a from a disciplinary perspective and a contact perspective. Perspective, he's got the legit power from uh, you know out of the four, in my opinion, and plays in a great offensive park. Um, I do agree with him on the Dansby thing. Not going to lose your league, but I do I, I do think like last year he played over his played over his head a little bit. Um, so yeah, I, I'm going with Willie. Great. Adamus also hit that magic number, 80 pulled fly ball line drives with the better than 600 BA. It was good for 27 extra base hits, 16 of the home runs there. So guy that do that, you know, this guy, Willie Adamus hitting 20 something home runs, like just stepping off the bus. Yep. Yeah. And the other guys have pathways where it might not happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you guys. I'm, I'm Adamus first. I will say I, I have Bogart's second of the group. Um, if You're I had not worried about the roto juice. The homers um, and steals? N- no, in the sense of like, I I'm, I just, I mean, I look at it like I, I'm trying to trust my projections this year and not, right. you know, my my gut. Um, I'm trying to plug what I think will legitimately happen and use plate appearances and all that and, and then run with it. Um, I do think just the batting average and the team context and the likelihood of far more plate appearances than, or not far more, but more plate appearances than Tim Anderson um, and... Then Dansby, um, like I'm a little worried that he that he doesn't really run, but I mean he doesn't really run, but like, can I get? He had eight last year. New rules. Can I get ten? Like yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It feels fair. Yeah. And you know, fifteen and ten, like that's not terrible when I'm getting a three hundred batting average. And again, that's not like oh, I really want that. Um, I haven't ended <laughs> up with any shares of it, but I, but I. I'm okay. I'm okay taking him second of that group. I think I'd rather have him than the other guys because I know what you I'm going to get. And I feel like there's security. You sound like there's there's so much conviction in that pick. Like, <laughs> there's not. There's not. But you know, it's like that, you're like, talking. Your, it's like you're talking yourself into it as we're asking. I, I I would hope that I wouldn't be in that situation. But again, if I am in that situation, I feel more comfortable with him in the set of skills that I know he's going to have. But I will say, like. We talk about 307. I do think Fenway helps to boost the batting average a little bit. You know, everybody talks about Fenway and the monster with home runs, but it also has proven to help batting average, right? Oh, and yeah. Xander, Xander has played his entire career there. The dude knew how to use the wall. Um, oh, and that's going to be, be a learning curve. Bill Mueller rule? <laughs> Bill Mueller? <laughs> Maybe. Miller, uh, Bill, Mueller? It was just Miller. It was just, it was just okay, spelled it was weird, just but it was Miller. Miller. Yeah. Did he win a batting title? I don't actually. You know what? I don't I know. Think if he, I, I mentioned. I think he won a batting title. He may have. Uh Bill. Um. All right. We're gonna get you out of here on quick hitters. So John, it's gonna be also nothing like looking up Bill Miller and being like Fangraphs telling you that he's fifty-one years old. And you're like, oh, oh okay, and, he's fifty-one uh, years old. Why? He won. The, he won the AL batting title in the two in, in two thousand three when uh, when yep. I graduated high school. Get him, Bill. Um, all right, so we're gonna do quick hitters here, John. Um, we don't, we don't, I know this is gonna be hard for both you and I. Um, 
Don't need a lot of analysis here. Just a name for people to keep in mind. Who is a hitter that you really like going after pick 200? Am I leading off? Okay. Yeah. Um, my exciting hitter with the upside is Ramon Laureano. My boring hitter is uh, Andrew Boring Tendy. Andrew Boring Tendy. Because again, I, I'm trying to get into this mindset of I'm Eric, I'm telling you, the more of these like overall winners that I see, mm-hmm. the less here I go, air quoting, impressed I am with them, right? They're not the team that wins the overall is not this like pop your eyeballs out of the out of your skull at all these crazy wild picks. It's just the opposite. It's Ian Happ and it's Andrew Benintendi and it's guys that fill the stat sheet, right? Mm-hmm. Even a guy like us, you know, like a guy like Swanson. It's just they're going to just do everything. Frankie Lindor, guys like that are going to do everything and you're moving on. And Laureano, again, is sex appeal because – I'm hoping in the walk year, also remember, I believe he has a high probability of being traded. I think, one, he'll be running a ton. Again, without the suspension, full healthy offseason, we've seen him kind of go ham, right? We've seen him show us 285, 25-25. So, you know, there's a ceiling for Laureano. And again, I think Benintendi, just with the move, is going to do what he does. You know, you probably get 15 and 15, kind of meh, lunchbox, you know, kind of stuff. Sammy, you got a hitter you like after 200? Uh, Michael Conforto. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I heard Eno. Sorry, go for yeah. it. No, 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 go ahead. I just heard Eno say that he feels confident that you know that he's going to need to play in San Francisco. Um, he'll yeah, be I, platooned, platooned less than some of the other outfielders. So yeah, I mean, it's uh, I I don't like the ballpark obviously for you know lefty down that that right field porch. I don't like it. Um, but I think you know. I, like like John like John was saying like he's a major league hitter you know he he's gonna get you some production you know yeah. I think after two hundred you're not looking for a flashy name like the Jordan Walkers and and whatnot you're, you're trying to find somebody with a stable yeah. set, skill set. Uh, my two names are boring. Also, uh, Will Myers. Um, we saw what that ballpark can do for hitters, right? Sammy rode that Brandon Drury train hard last That's year, cool, baby. Um, and I think some people are gonna ride it with Will Myers this year. Um, and then I'm I'm like swap out Xander Bogarts, insert Justin Turner, right? Like professional hitter gonna DH basically every single day. So yeah. we might not have the injury issues we had with him in the past. Gonna hit third in the Red Sox lineup, the wall in left field. Like I just think yeah. that it's a boring, solid pick. Dude, he's a good pop for the batting title and uh, like from legit, you know, he's yeah, he's, he's gonna not. he might beat this year's Bill the- Mule. Yeah, I was about Mueller. to say though. <laughs> Mueller Miller. Yeah. Uh Sam, you got a hitter after 300 that you like? After 300? Yeah, super late in the game. Oh, geez. you want me to you want me to uh, go to John first? Go to John first. Uh yeah. Right. Okay, John. well, my the uh, the most obvious one would be Jared Kelnick, of course. Um mm-hmm. at 300, again, not even to wish cast. I think just small improvements plus playing time gets you what you need. All the flaws we mentioned should be apparent in the first four weeks. If the K rate is up above 35, don't keep running him out there. It should be simple. The guy that I, I really like is, is Hurt. So if you're following my stuff, you know I'm a big TJ Friedel guy. So mm-hmm. I would echo all of your Cincinnati stuff. I, very weird how some guys just can't get any love, right? He has a he has like a solid track record of being an excellent defender and a plus 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 on base machine. He's shown you the ability to run. 
and the ability to combine it with some pop when in that ballpark, he went on a run. He was one of the better hitters in the game for like a two-week stretch last year. Again, not that you're looking for him to take over the league, but again, opportunity leading off, plate appearances, the best ballpark you could think of. If it turns out TJ Friedel is healthy for Cincinnati and he's going to be a pop to lead off, I think there's an excellent value there. But until he's healthy, give me Avisail Garcia. My kids are young. They're getting into pattern recognition. So that's my argument here. Home runs, 22, 29, 8. We're going back up, guys, right? And then stolen bases went from 10 to 1 to 8 to 4. We're going back up. I mean, this is very simple, but it's jump, jump, skip. Jump, jump, skip. Jump, jump. Avisail Garcia, everyone is going to skip so i think uh, although i actually heard some some uh better subjective stuff than that just was that was trash but that he uh, um right he kind of showed up but he showed up with the new he showed up with the bag a little bit out of shape and a little bit unprepared and also from what i understand at the time miami not being very well run allowing that kind of stuff to fester and it just never got going Again, he's yeah. free. I'm not paying any kind of premium. I'm, I'm so here. glad you brought that up. I was so into him. I had I had so yeah. many shares. He got I made, so mad I when I sniped videos. him. On, he got right. so we, mad. Sammy and I almost lost our friendship. Actually, the, the, the two biggest fights <laughs> Sammy and I have had have been so worthless in hindsight is Sammy and I fought when he sniped me on Avisel Garcia. And then Sammy had – we had a, a bullshit rule in our league where Sammy was able to pick up Vidal Brujan over me, even though we both had claims in, and that he was just garbage. But I got so <laughs> mad at Sammy for forever for that. Uh, so but I'm, so, I'm, so glad you, I'm so glad you brought that up. I was with it last year, and I just think, you know, new team, the contract you talked about was his chase rates were through the roof. Like, he just yeah, was pressing so hard. Um, and I just, you know, now – we're getting him like at like 340. So like, I'm going to take the chance. And you know what? It's a little bit of a crowded outfield. Maybe he doesn't play, but I don't have the cost anymore. I believed in the talent before, so I believe in it now. Um, he's not my name, though. I'll throw that out at the end. But Sammy, you got a guy? Uh, yeah, Joey Bart. Uh, okay. I, yeah, I uh, I think we saw some second half improvement last year. He's got, you know, the power was with him in the minors. So, you know, I think he's going to play. You know, if you're looking for you know, somebody that's going to get run. I think San Francisco is going to give him run uh, after seeing what he did in the second half last year. I, I know the contact rate stinks, uh, but hoping another year of him getting more run, get, get, you know, gets him up there with the, with the contact rate. So, and especially with the cost, I mean, if you can find a catcher that can pop 20 plus home runs for you, um, you know, the, you're, you're hitting. So I'll, I'll, I'll go with Joey Bart. Like it. I like it. Oh, especially you know in, in why catcher. does everyone hate him so much? Who, Joey think, Bart? He's really it, getting I, dragged right now. He's really getting I, dragged. I think it's the I think it just is the narrative of like he was the next, he was the next Buster Posey, and right. then it didn't turn out. And then so it's easy to just say, like, oh, he sucks. Right. Now like, they're talking about this, like there's like a, a huge competition going on, three, four, five different guys playing yeah. for a spot where I felt like it's Bart and Sable behind him, who actually has some really interesting kind of catcher stats I, if you're a draft I, I really like Sable in, in draft and hold formats. Yeah, me too. Um, my two my two guys, I'll, I'll go with two um, just because I, I want to. Um, <laughs> uh, I think it's Isak Paredes, not Isaac. Um, that's correct. That's correct. Yeah, but yeah, correct. I saw a lot of really interesting things in, in the contact profile last year. He's going to play third base for Tampa – um, they've moved Yandy Diaz to first base because Yandy Diaz is no longer a good defensive third baseman. Um, yes, I know that um, 
that Tampa likes to platoon, I think he'll be, he'll still get the vast majority of the at-bats, even if he's not an everyday player. Um, I just see a lot of things in the contact approach that I, I think you can get some interesting sneaky power out of him in a lineup that tends to always overperform what we think it's going to. We're always like, oh, Tampa, they're not that good. And then they wind up being pretty solid. Um, You know, they went out and got him, which I think is important when you're talking about a team's investment in a player. And then he produced for them. Um, And Tampa is one of those teams that has a history of getting, you know, making a Harold Ramirez relevant, right? They have a a history of getting a level out of a player. Um, And I think the raw tools are there, um, are, are, are there for Paredes that I'm, I'm really interested in him at the cost right now. Um, and then my other guy, um, I, I just got a thing for, you know, three pick 375 Max Kepler. Like I, I just wow. think that Kepler's I, that late. Yeah. I just think that it, it, it hasn't come together for him. Right. We've seen flashes of him be able to do certain things. And obviously, like 2019, everything came together. Hit 252 with 36 home runs. Um, you know, I I heard somebody say when you've shown a skill, you own you own that skill. Um, and I I forget who it was that said it, so I can't give proper credit. Uh, but but I believe it. The plate discipline approach is like elite, elite plate discipline. Um, and I just think he's he's gonna play pretty much every day for Minnesota. I just think that there's a steady floor and I think there's more there and you're going around pick 400. So again, if it never comes together, so be it dump him for the hot guy on the waiver wire. Um, But, but I I'm interested. I, and I, I think, I think we're going to see a good year from him at some point. John, thank you. Um, You know, when you put John and I on the same podcast, uh, it's going to go long, but hopefully the people find it useful. Uh, before we get you out of here, just remind people again where they can find your work um, and you know about your product that you're you're shelling. Just, <laughs> no. Oh my just god, pouring yeah, yourself no. out. It's just a it's just a nonstop. I've been walking. Uh, you know, you find me at a street corner, and I'll walk it right now. That's, that's <laughs> I'll crazy. buy that for a yes, dollar. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 it's also ten dollars. <laughs> <Right. laughs> It's all right. Not enough of that. You follow me on Twitter at John Legaza. You know, I got cool work at The Athletic. And again, we beat you over the head with it. If that, You know, it's just to give you a, a, a method to the madness and give you a peek inside the mind. And again, I was really glad to go reference it myself because I probably couldn't have answered that Radon question without what's now become, you know, it's my little notebook, man. It's my little crutch. Yeah. And, I'll, mm-hmm. and I'll even tell you, I've had to update it with I don't want to say contradictions, but with changes, like I've been coming around on Corbin Carroll and I'm not going to erase my old write-up where I doubted him. I'm just putting an update and you can see, like you mentioned earlier, same like, yeah, I'm arguing with, I'm literally arguing with myself, you know, I don't want to move people and then have it say, wait, but he's higher than someone else, but you have this argument that's kind of negative. So no, I'm, I'm like, as I move, I'm like, man, you're seeing Corbin Carroll, not just the speed, which is, absolutely ridiculous right i think the pop i think we might have undersold him on the pop when i saw some of the minor league stack case numbers now again i know i was knocking the spring training stuff but the minor league stuff is a much greater sample and there is some love there and he's shown you man he is about to stretch just about any single into a double he's scoring on a bunt from second like this guy could literally he might steal 
That Arizona outfield, that Arizona outfield in general is, you know, a bolt of lightning. You know what I've been, I've been pairing him, Alec Thomas. I've been pairing Carroll with Judge. Yeah, and that's been my, that's been the thing. Like Voltron, just yeah. You know, again, another thing that you know, better, better players than me think in terms of incorporating players, right? You know, like you know, we talked about Xander. Like, oh, how does but how does Xander fit? Well, maybe he fits with Adelise Garcia, right? Where that average and the plate approach balances out Garcia's. Garcia gives you all the roto juice, right? Steals yep. and homers out the nose. And maybe those two players together are yep. like a really good player. You know who else? Yep. I got another one. I've been pairing Kyle Schwarber with Stephen Kwan. And when you add those two guys together, they're Holy. two really good outfielders. <laughs> it, it, you know what? It's just, it's, it's, it's a that, different way to get there. Sense. That's so yeah, hook up, you know, check out the rankings, check out the Twitter stuff, doing cool stuff at the athletic kicking off again. I'm in the underdog, best ball streets, like nonstop. I'm addicted to that stuff. So, you know, get at me on Twitter. I'll, you could we could yell at each other about stuff. There we go. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Samsky NYC. You can follow Sammy at believe underscore Sammy. That's S-A-M-I. Spell it right. That's um, right. You can check out my work at uh Rotoballer. Uh, I'm going to start now that we get in some spring training games, restart my uh, pitches with new pitches and should we care looking at how the pitch mix, uh, how a new pitch helps add to a pitch mix, doing a bunch of stat cast review stuff. Um, and then I'll just, you know, shill out my own work as well. Um, like John's doing, uh, not starting up yet, but when the season starts, I do the Samolski Sunday Tribune. Um, I look at the stats from the week before and try to make sense of the league leaders um, and make sense of what is actionable and not for you. Yep. It's a great thing to pair with like, you know, the Roto gut, you know, Vlad's um, kind of like uh waiver wire, like how much you should bid on each guy. It's like, I'm trying to make sense of what stats of the week before are actually useful. What guys may be getting legitimate playing time that could help out. And then you can go over to Vlad stuff and see how much you should actually bid on that. Cause he's uh better at that than I am. It's all oh, about no, just here, kind let of me, using let me things your together. Stuff. Because I, I know as somebody who is a, I mean, I'm obvious I work on baseball right. full time, but I still have like a family. And though I'm addicted to the sport and doing nothing but it like all week long, I do unplug during the weekend because even something like gambling, you don't want to do it seven days a week, 365. Mm. You yeah. will burn out. You mm. need to disconnect. And for me, it's my family and like Disney and stuff like that. But you could be writing or fishing or poetry, whatever you're into. Yeah. You got to disconnect. But one of the functions of the disconnect is you know, baseball doesn't care if you disconnected. It's mo- it's moving, right? Mm. That river, the river is is never is ever flowing. And Eric, you've helped me kind of bridge that you know the frog dna of the weekend because okay yeah it's very easy for me to say ah oh, saturday i go hang out with my kids well guess what pitchers are going relievers are going one places are being determined right you know things are things are happening right that you can't i hate to be like this because i don't want to say go oh, if you want to play you have to be obsessed but you can't afford to totally turn away from so it's eric you, you do a great job with that because again it, it just it fills in the pieces I've missed because, man, how many more hours can I put into this stuff, you know? Yeah. Right. And that's the conversation I have with my wife, too, is how many more hours can I put into this stuff? It's like, maybe less. Um, it's all trying to find that balance. This will be the first full year baseball season I've had with a kid. So uh, we'll see how it all goes. But, you know, we're oh, all Oh, it's way easier trying... with kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're all, we're... <laughs> and the more kids you have and the younger they are, the easier it gets. The, the easier it gets. I feel yeah. like yeah, – yeah. <laughs> We didn't get to we didn't get to put in the dad stuff and kids yeah. up and it finally came back to it. Uh we're all uh we're all out here trying to get you the content. Hopefully you enjoy it. Uh and that's 
this episode of the Catcher's Corner. Tune in next week where we have James Anderson from Rotowire here to talk all about prospects. Everybody loves prospects. So tune in. We'll catch you next time on the Catcher's Corner.